0: did this morning but uh uh you know you got sometimes you have backup backup and then backup i'm the backup backups backup <laughs> third string quarterback and what's that brother pat's out. and brother pat's out too so we got backup back there so thank god for the backups amen amen let's sing in our hymn books number tonight number 331 let's stand and sing surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life amen to that Praise God for his goodness and mercy. 331, let's sing the first and last of hymn number 331, Surely Goodness and Mercy. Glenn C. Bass come. Why don't you come and open us in a word of prayer. I've known Brother Glenn for whew, about 24 years in different churches he's been in, but now he's a part of Rock of Ages ministry. He's going to pray for us and share a few words about what God has been doing in his ministry. Brother, why don't you pray?
1: Let's pray together, shall we? Father, thank you so much for this night that you've given us for the opportunity to be able to come together and be encouraged by the word of God and by your preacher. Father, I do pray that you'll watch over and help them tonight. Lord, give him the words to be able to say, to touch our hearts. And Lord, especially that you be with these, uh, Lord, that cannot be with us tonight. Lord, so many sick. Lord, I've been hearing about that in a lot of different places. Pray your hand of healing upon them, that you'll touch them, raise them up quickly, and bring them back to be with this congregation very soon. And we'll thank you for what you're going to do. In the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, he who is living and coming again, we ask it, Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. you. Amen. Just to give you a little something about myself, my name is Glenn Seabass. I'm with... Uh, Rock of Ages Ministries, and that's an outreach uh, that goes mostly into the prisons, but we also help start, start churches, and and uh, we have a, a church uh, startup program to work with other churches to help them start churches, and uh, and we do whatever else they'll let us do. Amen. <laughs> and so we've had some. We started a girls' home out in uh, the Philippines. There, uh, there was a bunch of. Uh, Children on the streets and girls and stuff like that. They had no place to go so we have the opportunity to be able to get that started and do an outreach there and and uh, We're actually in 17 foreign countries ministering around the world now um, Not just in the capacity of prisons, but also in the capacity of working with churches uh, and reaching into the prisons through those churches And uh, so it was a real blessing this last year We had over 400 people come to know the Lord as personal Savior uh, just in our ministry alone and uh, so uh, that's been quite the blessing as we've continued to go out. One of the things that we do is we have some revivals once in a while in an area where uh, they're allowing uh, uh, that to be opened up so that we can go in to uh, preach to the guys as well as uh, just, you know, sometimes go door to door in the areas to the guys that they're not letting out, maybe a little bit more of a dangerous type of a, uh uh, prison, we have all different levels. I'm, I'm in one of the most dangerous ones. <laughs> it's a CM, that's a, uh, in other words, that's a closed management camp. They don't even let them out because of the type of guys that there are. And every once in a while, we get the opportunity to go back and do some visiting and back and get the opportunity to lead some of them to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, but uh, right now, we're headed up to Alabama. We're going to be going in about 10 or 12 prisons, somewheres around there, depending on how things work out. Because you never know, something can close a prison down. Uh, Real quick, if something happens, uh, we've had that happen one time when I've driven about four or five hundred miles, you say, what do you do? You drive home. Uh, (laughs) There's nothing you can do about it, amen. And uh, you just plan for another time. And so uh, there's several of us going to be, we're going to all be meeting up there in uh, Wetemka, Alabama area. Uh, We've been doing that for many, many years. Uh, Telling people about the Lord and going in there and ministering both to men and women with inside The the prisons there as well as here in Florida. My wife is not with me because she's with my parents uh, At least with my mom at this time up in North Carolina. She fell and broke her hip. I got a call um, uh, New Year's Eve. It is actually a call from my mother. She said I'm outside. I'm sitting in a chair I'm okay two guys just picked me up and put me in the chair. Uh, I Fell and I don't know what's wrong I couldn't get up and she said thank God I had my phone with me. And yes, she's 90 and uh, So uh, and uh, so my sister lives about six hours away as opposed to me being 10 or 12 hours away So she headed that way and we started putting things together to try to head that way and the next morning I got a call from my father's nursing home and they said we don't think your father's going to uh, Make it he is th- of course they 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 try to come up with new things. He's transitioning uh, and so when I was up there, I began to talk to them about the transition uh, from this life to heaven and started talking to all of the uh, The nurses and those that were in that area And to, uh, to my happiness um, You know all of them that I spoke to knew the Lord and they were like, oh, yeah, that's really what it's about But we just try to be careful, you know, and uh, so uh, But he would uh, just by a miracle of God. He was able to kind come, come out of that He's been in a nursing home now for about six years um, And so right now what we're trying to do I've been trying to run run the ministry I have a bunch of people that we have trained Uh, we've been having them fill in for us so I think I've only missed one service since all of this has happened Um, and uh, with all of my volunteers and such as that and then I've been driving back and forth and hitting it and driving right back up so you pray for us we're getting things ready um, for my mom to be able to move in with us it's just it's just time I said are we gonna wait for her to fall a second time before we bring her in I'm just I said we're just not gonna do that Um, So I got my brothers and sisters together. And so that's what we're doing. We're uh, preparing our home And uh, so please keep us in prayer as we not only uh, try to minister to uh, the prisoners but we're also trying to minister to our own family and uh, And uh, you know my dad he's gonna have to stay in North Carolina. He's just honestly. He's in pretty bad shape We just don't know when uh, the Lord's gonna take him Um, he's he's in good shape for the bad shape he's in is how you would say it I think <laughs> and uh, and so we just want to thank the Lord for his goodness to us uh in doing that in fact on my way back down here this time we got to go to four different prisons we have three people receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal savior so far this week amen and uh or this is the beginning of the week now but last week then and uh so uh thank you so much if you would please continue to pray for us and and uh uh, as we go up, especially this week, up there in Alabama for a few days, uh, I'll be up there and then I'll run back down here and then I have three days hitting other prisons right here in Florida, not too, too far from this location. Uh, keep us in prayer as we continue to minister for the Lord and then get ready after we get all that done. I have a couple of days where I'm going to be rebuilding some of the things and setting them up because uh, we have to bring my mom down. And uh, so thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for your pastor. He's a good friend of ours. I uh, thank the Lord for him. Good man of God. God
0: bless you, brother. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, if you want a prayer card, we'll have some, prayer, have some afterwards here. So. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Amen.
0: Wonderful. Praise the Lord for that. Good to see dear brother. And ministered with him for many years there in Fort Myer area. Just remember a couple things. Don't forget, man, we will have our breakfast tomorrow at the 43rd Street Deli. Looking forward to that. Of course, Wednesday night service. Uh, pastor Pirate Tom, uh, preaching to the Teens, Brother Travis, of course, our Men's Bible Study on Thursday, Visitation this coming, this coming um, Saturday, looking forward to that. Of course, this coming Sunday, kicks off our Missions Conference, which we've been looking forward and longing for for several weeks now. We decided to do it a little earlier instead of the fall. We decided to do it kind of the, the beginning of the springtime. And uh, for Sunday school, 9.45, Brother Bruce Humbert will be here uh, for teenagers on up and looking forward to him preaching to us. Uh, Sunday morning for Sunday school, Sunday church uh, worship service, Sunday night, then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, the following week, uh, 7 o'clock. And again, Calvary Quartet will be with us, not in the morning, but at the night. Remember, come early. If you can come early at 5.45, we're going to have a little pre-service, sing uh, three or four songs, hopefully. Then uh, after we get started, sing a, three, a, few, a few more songs, uh, but they'll, they'll be with us and looking forward to that. And uh, in between that, we'll have an international potluck. So uh, we uh, thankfully, more than seven signed up. Hey, Amen, I uh, get me a little nervous. A few more folks signed up, and I appreciate you folks signing up for that. Looks good, and uh, that's going to be special. Uh, just bring food from where you're from. And uh, ladies, don't forget your, lady, your Phoebe Ladies Tea and Testimony coming up March the 8th at 630 pm uh, we talked about the, the North Gainesville uh, Baptist Church directory uh, we have we're going to have a picture day on the 10th if you uh, if you're new here if you've moved uh, if you changed address whatever uh, go back to that directory back in the back and change that information get all that squared away and we would definitely appreciate you for that let's sing a second hymn this evening hymn number 295 295 not too far from where you were if you held your place but I'm sure you didn't But 295, we're going to sing that old wonderful song, One Day. One Day, what a wonderful day that will be, hymn number 295, One Day. We'll sing the first, the third, and the last of One Day, hymn number 295. Let's sing it out. today let's shake someone's hand tonight to our seats if possible. So good to fellowship. Enjoy it so much. Can't wait to fellowship in heaven. How wonderful that's going to be. Imagine that. No sin, no sorrow. Amen. Woo. Yep. It won't won't be a preacher saying, Okay, stop now, we've got to sing some more. We we'll have been fellowship for about a thousand years. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Go around to all the saints, talk to Job and Jeremiah and Isaiah and Amos and Obadiah and Micah. I said, I couldn't hardly find you most of the time in the Bible, but I knew you're there. <laughs> I know you're there. <laughs> we read you every year. I just forget where you're at. We're in 345, 345. What a friend we have in Jesus. Amen. It's a few songs we always sang in a nursing home. Amazing Grace was one of them. In the Garden was another one. And What a Friend We Have in Jesus. That's a third one. We always sang those three songs we went to nursing home because those were the most requested songs because they just speak to the need of all of us. We all need that friend that's to get closer to the brother, amen? Let's sing all three verses of this wonder hymn What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Let's sing it out. Bob, would you pray for our tithes and offers? Thank you miss robin take your bible tonight and turn to joshua chapter 5 joshua chapter 5 i've been working through the book of joshua on sunday night of course ezra now in nehemiah on wednesday night and of course colossians on sunday morning joshua chapter 5 remember last time we were in joshua chapter 4 and we were talking about how joshua and the children of israel had crossed over that that large part because it was a time of the snow melting, and they crossed over over the Jordan River, and how God blessed them, and how God used them in that particular event, and how they walked on dry ground through that, and they stood in the very center. We talked about how Christ is the very center of our life. But Joshua chapter 5 tonight, Joshua chapter 5, let's begin on of Joshua chapter 5. And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, which are on the side of the Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan before the children of Israel until they were passed over, that their heart melted, neither there was spirit in them anymore, because of the children of Israel. A time the Lord said unto Joshua, "Make these sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time." And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the the foreskins. And this was caused by Joshua did circumcise all the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war died in the wilderness by the way after they came out of Egypt. And all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness, by the way, as they came forth out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness to all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt, were, circum, were, were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord unto whom the Lord sware that he would not show them the land which the Lord sware unto their fathers that he would give us a, a land that floweth with milk and honey. Verse 7, the children whom he raised up in, in their stead, uh, them Joshua circumcised for they were uncircumcised because they had not circumcised them by the way. It came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people that abode in the places in the camp till they were whole. Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you, from where were the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day. Verse 10, The children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and, and kept the Passover on the 14th day uh, of the month, even in the plains of Jericho. They did eat in the old corn of the land, the morrow, and after the Passover, Unleavened cakes and parched corn the self-same day. The manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. And it came to pass that Joshua was by Jericho. that He lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with a sword drawn in his hand. Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou, with, art thou for us? Or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay. But as captain of the Lord of hosts am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Gracious Father, we are so thankful, Lord, again for the opportunity, the privilege to be here in your house tonight, to hear your word, oh, how, how instructive it is, how encouraging it is, how helpful, oh, what a challenge it is to our souls. We see these great men and women of God throughout your scriptures, men like Joshua who did so many wonderful things for you, a servant of the Lord. Oh, Lord, help us in our lives to be more like him, but ultimately be like Jesus Christ, it was perfect in every way. We thank you for his sacrifice for our sins so we could have everlasting life. Now help us, Lord, as we pause and consider what your word has for each one of us today. Help us, Lord. Give us ears to hear so we might understand it to, uh, and, then, and then be able to apply it to our own personal lives. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, mentioned, of course, the miracle of them crossing over the Jordan. And uh, they were not going over. Remember, we talked about the fact that a lot of times sing, they sing about the old songs of Jordan going over to the, the haven of rest. But really, going over to Jordan is going into Canaan land, and that's not rest. <laughs> we talked about the difference between going, crossing over uh, the Red Sea and, and, and then the crossing over the Jordan River. And how you cross over Jordan and Canaan land, Canaan land is representing a battle. And there is a battle, we talked about this morning, the process of sanctification. Sometimes, as, as, as uh, uh, Paul talked about in Romans chapter 6, that struggle of the Christian life. That sometimes step forward, two steps back, or sometimes four steps forward and, and, and then all the way back. We, we've, we, we're all sinners saved by grace. So the Canaan land doesn't represent rest, doesn't represent heaven. It represents the struggle that we have, the battles that we have. And when we cross over into that land, which we going into that land, which is going to begin battles in their life. But before we get to the battle itself, and Jericho is coming up real soon, we have to prepare ourselves for war. Friend, if you don't prepare for war, you will fall down in the battle. There's always preparation for battle. Anytime anything needs to be done to some extent, there has to be preparation. We have to get ready. We have to, we have to see where we're at. We have to assess the situation, look at our own selves, and see, and ask, see ourselves and ask the Lord for, for wisdom, for guidance, for help. And, and, and what can we do as, as we prepare to serve the Lord in our own lives in different aspects as we prepare even next week? to ask the Lord, uh, Lord, what would you have us to do in this missions conference? What, 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 would, what would you have us to do in our own personal lives, when the areas of sin, and, and, and maybe even this message. We talked about family. Lord, how I can, how I can be better servant for you. So we're going to look at this area of preparing uh, for spiritual battle from Joshua chapter 5. What can we learn this evening? Well, first of all, when God works in your life, the people around you will notice. When God works in your life, the people around you will notice. Look at what it says in verse 5. And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, which are on the side of the Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites were on the side that heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we passed over, their hearts melted. Neither was a spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. Woo! They heard about what was going on, they heard about the miracles. They heard what God was doing, how they fought against the Amorites. Oh, about probably the, the spies that had come in and now gone out. They heard about their the wilderness wandering, and I probably they wondered, why is that, are those millions of folks at this point going around and around and around? But in the midst of them going around, they, I wonder they thought to themselves, how are they not dying of starvation? Because any other group out there for that long would have died a long time ago. But God provided the manna. how did they not ride? how did they die their, their shoes didn't just wear off their feet well God provided for their feet and took care of them then you know we have a God that will provide for us protect us through the difficulties of the trials of life do you trust and believe that he can oh thank God for this minute for this this church building God provided for us remember that Jehovah Jireh ministry that's right up there the way they gave us what seventy five thousand dollars and went towards this building Why? Because a dear man, a servant of God, was rich and used, and used his finances well. And he told me right down there at Northwest Grill, I had children that were rebels. And instead of giving them the money, which they would have squandered in a moment, we decided to invest that money into independent fundamental Baptist churches. And that's what he did for us, praise God. We didn't have the money to do it, right? And God provided. Now, dear friend, if God will provide for children of Israel, if God will provide for North Gainesville Baptist Church as a building, do you trust him? He'll provide for you. Isn't it funny? Folks will trust Jesus Christ to save their soul from hell, but won't trust him when it comes to the power bill. GRU is not the biggest thing in the world. They're pretty big. We're not that big you trust them we sing that song trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus then we go away and say I don't believe it can I don't believe it can we sing the song but we don't believe it really in our lives so what do we do we say well maybe I won't tithe as much and I know not are talking about missions conference Brother moon but you know what I gotta sink back from that maybe not give as much because things are tight do you trust God to provide for your daily bread you trust him to believe him that he's the God of Moses he's the God of Joshua but he's the God today the same God yesterday and today and forever he's the same oh oh dear friend we, we get saved we get right with God heaven rejoices but hell rages and people have to praise the Lord but you know the other people around you say well you're just putting on a show I had people when I was when I got saved there in Taylor, South Carolina, at five twenty-five Taylor's Road in Taylor, South Carolina, and I got saved. I walked forward, got bab- got baptized, joined joined Colonial Hills Baptist Church. I had family members say, "Well, you're just putting on the show. You did you did that before," and I had. I'd have a girlfriend who said, "You need to go get baptized," and I did. You need to go get saved, and I did it for her. But when I got saved on that day, on April the 15th, 1989, I didn't get saved for some girl. I got saved because Jesus wanted me to get saved that day. Yeah, I had had some spiritual religion, but I never got saved. And what a difference he made in my life. What difference he'll make in your life. But you know what? Jesus was opposed too. He was opposed by two groups, the Pharisees. And they were so false and fake, they hated anything genuine. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 23, verse 13, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For neither go yourselves, neither neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you defile widows' houses for a, a pretense. Make long prayer. Therefore you shall receive the greater damnation. He also was opposed by his own family and friends. If you decide to live for Jesus, you're going to have people maybe in your own house that are against you. Brothers and sisters and friends and cousins, they're going to be on your house. Mark chapter 3 and verse 20, The multitude came together so that they could not as much as eat. And when his friends heard of it, they went out to lay hold on him, for they said, He's beside himself. They said, "This Jesus is out there doing so much, he must be crazy. He must be out of his mind. He must be nuts. Let's go lay hands. Let's go take take him out, and because he, he's lost what he, he, he can't. He's he's lost his mind." And, and dear friend, if you if you if you go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, tithe, live for Jesus, give faith, promise, go out visitation, do everything you can for Jesus, you're going to have people in your in your family think they're wacko they wacko. wacko. You know, those, those, those crazy Christians, man, they're just, they're just Bible-thumping crazy folks. No, dear friend, you're doing what's, what's normal. What the world is doing is abnormal. You're in the will of God by coming to church this evening. You're in the will of God by reading your Bible. You're in the will of God by tithing. You're in the will of God by giving to faith promise. You're in the will of God by witnessing. You're in the will of God by praying and reading your Bible. You're in the will of God. People who are not doing those things they may be a lots of people dear friend but get ready we're going to be in the majority and we're going to be there forever and ever and ever we're the only ones that are going to be there a thousand a thousand years from now Yay, a million years from now those the redeemed will be the only folks left we're not we may be the abnormal to the world but we're really the normal folks because this is exactly what we should be well, the Bible says in John chapter seven, verse twenty: Now the feast of tabernacles is at hand. And his brethren said before him, De- "Depart thence and go into Judea, that the disciples also may see the works that thou doest. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh not to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. For neither did these, for neither did his brethren believe in him. His own, his own family didn't believe in him. So, dear friends, if you have people in your family who don't believe you, don't feel bad. His own family members, Jesus' own family members didn't believe in him. And he was perfect. And dear friend, all of us tonight are far from perfect. Amen. Amen. So we see here the enemies of, Israel, enemies of Israel heard what the Lord had done, and the enemies of the Lord responded with fear. The Bible says their hearts melted, neither was a spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. The Bible tells us in Psalm chapter 40, verse 3 And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God, many shall see it, and fear and trust in the Lord. And I like what it says there. Even praise unto our God, many shall see it. It doesn't say, hear it. It says see it why because there's going to be a change in your life when you when you got christ in your life the holy spirit comes in your life and begins to change you and changes your things the places you go your habits your haunts your friends and your song they will cha- they will see a new a newness in your life and you know what well, they they'll look back and say whoa that's a miracle people say don't see miracles anymore every every time a person gets saved that's a miracle it's a miracle. Every time a person gets born again, it's a miracle. Many will see it in fear, and what shall they do? They'll say, man, I, that's, if God can save that old wicked soul, God can save me. Oh, Abraham called to the Ur of Chaldees, Where are you going? I'm going south to the Ur of Chaldees? What's the Ur of Chaldees? do down in Canaan? Land. What is all that about? I don't understand it. I'm just trusting God. I'm believing God. I'm going from one place to another. Could he explain it? Could he understand it? No. He just went. He went to Canaan land by faith. Noah, it's going to rain. What's rain? Well, I don't really understand all that about rain, but I trust what God says. I'm going to do what he says. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to build this ark. Even though I can't explain everything, even though I don't understand everything, I'm going to do it by faith. And it did rain. Philip. <laughs> he said, "Here is the lad which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? I, I, I see a crowd. I, I see, I see this fish, and I see, I see some loaves of bread. But what are they of so many? What, well, Philip, you're doubting? God, God provided for them, didn't God provide for Abraham to Canaan land. Didn't God provide for Noah to build the ark? And didn't God provide for those?" Several thousand folks who needed food. Yes, he did. And dear friend, trust God will provide it for you. You see, God is more interesting in working in us before he can do a work through us. I'll say it again. God is more interesting in working in us before he can do a work through us. What is he he working in you? He's trying to get you to a deeper level of trust. Remember when your kids were just a little and they were outside there in the pool, and, you, and they were about two, three, four, and they stood outside, and you were inside the pool, and you said, just jump. And they looked at you like you were crazy. They really wanted to get in, but they didn't know if they could trust you in, and you had to cajole them and beg them, and then you just about got mad at them. Would you just go ahead and jump? <laughs> Sometimes, you know, he had to stop all that and just grab a hold of them, pull them in at the, at the shallow end and get them in, and just kind of walk them in. Oh, you know what? What if some of us just finally just jumped in the water and actually trusted God? What if we actually trusted God when you went up to try to witness somebody? So, preacher, I'm so afraid. If you're in God's will, what is it to be afraid about? Well, I'm afraid if I, man, if I, if I do this, if I do that. Do you? If God is leading you to do it, would you trust him to believe that he's, he's going to go before you, he's going to help you? Dear friend, first of all, when God works in our life, the people around us will notice. But secondly, before we go forward, we must pause to go back to obeying God. Before we can really go forward, we must pause and ask ourselves, are we really obeying God? First of all, we have to go back to remember the sign of, what, of our salvation. They went back to remember the sign of their covenant. Look at verse 10. This is, this is uh, verse, excuse me, verse 5. And all the people came and were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness, by the way, as they came forth out of the Egypt, when they had not been circumcised, for the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness, till all the people who were men of war, which came out of Egypt, were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord. So what did they have to do? They had to go back and began doing the things they were supposed to do that they had stopped doing for many years. They stopped for 40 years being circumcised. But they were told back way back in Genesis chapter 17, verse 10, this is the covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and the seed thereafter thee. Every male child, every man child among you shall be circumcised. You shall circumfly the flesh of your foreskin. It shall be a token of the covenant betwixt between me and you and he that is eight days old and the circumcised among you, every male child in your generation, he is born in the house, brought with money of any stranger which is not of thy seed. So it was God's will for the children of Israel to circumcise their male children on the eighth day. That was, that, was a, that was a covenant, the sign of their relationship between Israel and God. But they quit doing it. They got in the wilderness and they got... Focused on the wandering and focusing on the, the, the enemies and focusing on other things. But, dear friend, before you can go forward, you got to go back and start doing what God wants you to do. You can't go forward instead of you doing exactly what God wants us to do. Some people say, well, that, you know, that'll make sense. Go, I have to stop before I go. I have to go back before I go forward. Yeah, you got to go stop and go back. You've got to do what God wants us to do what's the bible says in verse 9 and the lord said unto joshua this day have i rolled away the approach of egypt from you For therefore the name of the place is, is called gilgal unto this day wow And that word gilgal actually means roll back roll back you say some people come to me and say preacher why are we having all these revivals while we have all these vicious conferences while we having all these things and don't you know we're in debt oh, just because we're in debt friends we're not going to stop doing right we're going to continue doing right because, dear friend, Bob Jones Sr. said do right till the stars fall. We're going to give the missions. We're going to have revivals. We're going to emphasize things. Now, we're not going to go crazy out of the way. We're going to be prudent of what we do. But we can't, we can't just because we owe doesn't mean we're not going to do what's right. Amen? You always choose to do what's right. No matter what the circumstances, what the situation, what the difficulty, choose to do what's right. Not only did they go back and start... Uh, circumcising themselves, they go. They went back and, and recognized their salvation. They, we have to go back and remember our salvation, because the Bible says in verse ten, the children of Israel camped at Gilgal and kept the Passover on the fourteenth day of the month, even in the plains of Jericho. And that eat the old corn, the land of the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn the self same self same day. So what was that commanded? Well, if you go back to Exodus chapter 12, verse 3, the Bible says, Speak to the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for the house. And if the house will be too little for a lamb, let him take a neighbor next to his house, take according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make you count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You take it out of the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. You shall take it the blood and strike it two posts on the upper door of the the house, wherein you shall eat, and shall eat the flesh in that night, roast it with fire, unleavened cake, with bitter herbs, and shall eat it. Now, can you imagine all the spies outside Jericho and them, all those folks looking at this encampment people looked out and said, first of all, All the men are cutting themselves. This don't make any sense. This this don't make any sense. Because when they do that, man, they really hurt. They were down for quite a while after that circumcision. It didn't make a whole lot of sense when they're getting ready to go to war. And not only are they cutting themselves, now after they've recovered from cutting themselves, now they're out there... They're feasting and eating. They're not shopping their knives. They're not not getting ready for battle. They're out there feasting and eating and partying and enjoying enjoying themselves. Oh, yeah, that's what they're doing. didn't make sense to them, but it made sense because they were doing what God wants them to do. They were doing exactly what God wants them to do. And, dear friend, that's why it's so important to rehearse your salvation in God. Remember what God has done for you in the past. Sing them over again to me. Wonderful words of life. Let them more of their beauty see. Wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty. Teach me faith and duty. Beautiful words. Wonderful words. Wonderful words of life. Beautiful words. Wonderful words. Wonderful words of life. You know how to. You know the best way to witness to somebody is just tell your share, tell your, share your testimony what God has done. Share your testimony on what God has done. But let me ask you something. When's the last time God did something for you? Oh, amen. <laughs> I'm glad somebody said something because I'd be like, well, I'm, uh, you know, it's kind of like E.F. Hutton. Remember that? <laughs> kind of quiet in here. <laughs> Somebody's got to say something. Hey, you know, a lot of times I think we don't say anything because God hasn't done anything in our lives. Ask and you shall receive. Seek. you shall find knock and it shall be open to you the reason why we have not is because the Bible says we ask not I want God to do something in my life do you ask him for it specifically not the Oh Lord lay me down to sleep oh my soul to keep No, something a little bit more than that that was good for a five-year old but for a 55 year old 85 year old that's a little weak we need a little stronger prayer Lord I need like Caleb we're gonna read about give me that mountain he's 85 years old and he's asking for a mountain he wasn't five he wasn't 55 he was 85 asking for a mountain we're gonna learn that learn that little bit later we need to be we need we need to ask God for something beg God for something expect God to do something in our lives see it believe it trust him oh God wants to work in our life, but we would trust and believe. <laughs> we have to go back and remember the covenants that we made with our God. We need to go back and remember our salvation that we have in Christ. And thirdly, we have to seek our own sustenance. It says in verse 12, the manna ceased on the morrow, and after they had eaten of the old corn of the land, neither had the children of Israel manna anymore if they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. Remember 40 years, as I mentioned before. And as you well know, 40 years they got manna. God provided for Forty years, that I ate that old angel food. Oh, man, Krispy Kreme every, gray, every day. I can handle a little bit of Krispy Kreme every day, Brother Pete. I think it'd take, me a, it'd take me a few years. I don't know how many years it'd take me to get get sick of it, but it'd take me a few years. I'm not sure that'd be good for the diet, but I sure would love going down, i tell you that. Woo, good old Krispy Kreme donut. Stop right now. I'll be going down that way right after church. Woo, that sounds good. But the Bible says in Exodus chapter 16, verse 35, the children of Israel did eat manna in 40 years, and they came to a land and having them, and they did eat manna until they came into the borders of the Canaan. But the Bible says in verse 12, the manna ceased. So what are they going to do? They're in a new land. The manna ceased. They're just going to go back and say, I'm just going to starve to death? <laughs> no. Remember, they're going into Canaan land, a land filled with milk and honey. Ah, new place, new opportunity, new opportunity, new responsibility. You know what? As we grow in Christ, okay, God, God takes care of us. God provides for us. But sometimes God says, now, you know what? I, I've been taking care of you. Now, how about you get up and do something yourself? How about you do something for yourself? And he will give us the grace and mercy to do that. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that it may, may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. You say, preacher, why is it when I see somebody in a desperate situation and they cry out and God answers their prayer, I cry out for some things and I don't get it. But God meets them there in their time of need. You're, in that, you're not in that time of need right now. You're not in that time of need. <laughs> they, they were 40 years in Egypt. I can tell you, being in Egypt is a desolate place. It's a desolate place. And it was desolate when I was there last year. And I can't imagine how desolate it was, it was then back in those days. I mean, the places that we stopped, I'm not even sure I would want to take my wife to some of those spots. But I can't imagine what it was like back in those days. <laughs> How desolate would it be? But they were going to Israel, a land flowing with milk and honey. You know what the Bible says in Philippians chapter four, verse eleven: Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned, and whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. That's where you want to be. For I know how to be a base. I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. Then in verse 19, writing to this church at Philippi, but God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Do you believe that God knows your need, knows your situation, and can take care of you? Oh, he's going to take care of you. But you know what? Sometimes he wants to use you to take care of you. He wants to use you to take care of you this afternoon. We're getting ready to, We're getting ready to come here. And we have some, we have a little bird feeder. We have this little bird feeder for the birds, but right beside it we have this little basket, the square basket, and it's, it's, it's for the suet. How many of you know what suet is? You know, basically corn, and it's, this is corn and peanut mix. What's the, and the little birds, the little birds are coming there getting the suet. ain't got much suet left. Just a little piece like this before it's all gone. Little birds are there and they're, they're, getting, they're getting the suet. They're pecking at it, pecking at it, pecking at it. And all of a sudden, here comes old squirrel. Squirrel said, I want me some too. He shimmied up that little skinny black black, black little pole, Brother Glenn. He shimmied up that. Then he tried to reach over there to where the bird feeder was. There's no bird feed at. The birds had ate all that up. Then he went over to the suet and tried climbing on that suet, on that green box suet. With all that he had, he was over there trying to get some. I said, I'm so glad that that poor boy didn't come over and had a little sign out there outside the window said, I'm homeless, help wanted. (laughs) He went out there and got it himself. God gave them initiative to go out there and get it, to take care of it, to help him. You know, dear friend, God has things already provided for us, but he wants us to use the initiative to go out there and get it. What does he have for you that you need to go out and get? (laughs) He wants to take care of you. God took care of Paul in the prison. And dear friend, he will take care of you. Oh, he'll put us in a new place of faith and obedience, but we must grow in the grace. When God works in your life, the people around you will notice. Before we go forward, we must go back to obeying God. And thirdly, as we close this evening, ask God for his presence and his power before he goes before you go into battle. Look at verse 13 one more time. Look at verse 13. It came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho. He lifted up his eyes and looked. Behold, there stood a man over against him, the sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? I like this passage. Well, well, see, first of all, we recognize that this was not Joshua's war. This was God's battle. What was the reason Joshua was going over there? For Joshua's sake, was Joshua going over for Israel's sake? No, J- Joshua was going over for God's, it was God's battle. See, dear, we're, this is, we're, we're not doing this for us. We're doing this for God. This is all God. The servants of Elisha saw the host of, of the Lord when they were trapped by the Syrian, Syria armors. Remember, when things look bad, that God is on your side. You can trust him, you can believe it. Jesus Christ referred to this legion of angels here, 12 of them, meaning there are 72,000 angels who come to his rescue. But if he just whispered the command, dear friend, it wasn't Joshua's war. It was God's battle, and he's going to provide for you. He's going to take care of you. Secondly, God was not, Joshua, was not at Joshua's side. Joshua was on the God's side. He said are thou are that for us or for our adversaries and he said nay but as the captain of the host of the lord am i now come he said i'm not i'm i'm not on their side i'm not on your that's your side i'm the captain i'm the leader i'm the head our, our tendency is sometimes say okay god i'm gonna do this i'm gonna go this way but i need you to help me no friend you don't need him to help help him he's already the help he's the captain he's the warrior it's his war he just wants us to come alongside to help us to help him we don't need his help he wants us he wants us it's all God's work it's all God's battle it's all God's plan it's all God's purpose this this totally has to do with God it has nothing really to do with me and that's why he didn't say yes, or he didn't say yes. He said nay, nay. But I'm on the Lord. I'm doing it on my own. Why? And what happens when it's God's war and it's not Joshua's war? When it's God's battle and it's not my battle? Because if people see me doing stuff, I'm gonna fall on my face. But when God does it, God's gonna get glorified. Notice what it says back in number one, verse number one, it came to pass and all the kings of Amorites were on the side of Jordan westward and all the kings of Canaan, which were by the sea heard that the Lord dried up the waters of Jordan. It did not say that Joshua drew up the the waters of Jordan. It did not say the children of Israel dried up the, the waters of Jordan before the children of Israel. It said the Lord did it. The Lord did it. And dear friends, it's God working in and through us. It's not us. It's no no particular prayer. It's no particular way. It's not not in us. This battle is of the Lord. We We just get to, by his grace, get to be a part of it. You know, when God reveals himself to us, all we can do now is worship him. And that's what he did. Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said to him, what saith? My Lord to the servant, and the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, loose thy thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place wherein thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. For Moses, God spoke to him through a bush. But for Joshua, God spoke to him. Some believe this is a theophany or Christophany, a, a preincarnate Christ. God used a warrior with a sword in his hand to speak to Joshua. So God uses different things to speak to us. God used primarily in these days His Word, sometimes through circumstances, sometimes through people, sometimes creation, but again, primarily through His Word. But the friend, the question is do we have ears to hear if God is trying to speak to us? Do we have ears to hear if God is trying to communicate to us? Will we listen to what He has for us and go forward? doing exactly what he wants us to do the way he wants us to do it you see if we do that then he'll just give us the opportunity to see his power and his glory and his majesty but we have to do it God's way not our way I was reading about a missionary some of you may have heard of named John Patton over a century ago he went to New Hebrides Island that island was inhabited by headhunters cannibals he went there that first night, said they rode their boat to the shore, camped there the very first time near the sea, seashore. Eventually got established, eventually got to know the people, learned the language, began to witness to them, communicate to them, see some of after after several years, see some of them saved. We got to talking to the chief one day, several years and into their ministry with these, these cannibal folks who were beginning to come to Christ, and he talked to the chief. And he said, do you remember that time, we, that, that first night we came into, the, into the, the island? The chief says, yeah, I remember the first night. He said, some of, our, some of our warriors, they were going to come and kill you and eat you. But we couldn't do it because there was around your camp some bright lights of men with swords in their hand. And we were afraid that we would die. They went God's way. They trusted God, and God provided for them. God took care of them. You say God can still do that kind of stuff, dear? Dear friend, God can do anything but fail. God can do anything but fail. They trusted God, believed God was where they wanted to be, and God provided for them and protected them. When God works in your life, the people around you will notice. Before we go forward, we must go back and start obeying God. And thirdly, ask God for his presence and his power before the battle begins. That's key. Key. Essential. Before we go into battle. May God help us to do those things tonight. Oh gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you for all that you have done. What you will be doing in our lives. Thank you for saving us. Now I pray God that you would help us to grow in our Christian life. To go to that next level. Lord, Whatever that whatever that might be, maybe for some for some folks in this room to be the witness they've never been, for maybe some of the folks in this room to read their Bible like they never have, maybe for some folks to pray like they've never have, maybe for the first time for some folks to give like they've never had, maybe for some folks in this room to give for faith promise whatever area. That needs to be worked out in each one of us individually. For we all need to grow in different areas. Oh God, help us today to pause. Think about areas where we're not obeying you right now. To go back and do those things which we need to do right now. And then once we begin to do those things which we know are true and right, righteous. Help us now then to take the step of faith and go forward to worship you and to serve you with all our hearts and minds. Oh, I pray tonight, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, that you recognize your great need, that if you're here tonight and you have any type of doubt, any type of uh, question whether you're saved or not, that you just take the time to come see me or my wife or someone else in the church and say, Preacher, I'm just not sure I'm saved. And maybe, friend, the reason why maybe you're not going forward in your spiritual life is simply because you're not saved. A dead person can't do anything. You have to have life. You must be born again. maybe the, reason, the whole reason things aren't going the way you sh- they should be going is you've never accepted Christ. So oh, dear friend, if you have any doubt, would you come see me tonight? I'd love to take the Bible and show you, what you got saved, but maybe there's some areas, some other area, some step of obedience you need to make, some decision, something you need to go back to doing that you quit doing a long time ago, that you need to start doing again, whatever it is that the Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now, right now right now in this moment would you do it as a piano plays with head bowed eyes closed would you say preacher or something something I need to start doing something I need to start doing again what some some area of my life I need to obey God in I'm praying tonight that I do that would you pray for me that God would give me the courage would you pray tonight would God would urge me encourage me to give me the willingness to obey him or whatever that is If that's true of you tonight, would you raise your hand so I could pray for you? Anyone at all? God spoke to me about an area of my life. I need to start doing. I need to go back to doing. Whatever it is, I need to change. Maybe you're preparing to go to battle. Maybe the battle grounds your work. Maybe the battle grounds your home. Maybe the battle is your own personal life. Whatever it is, are you willing simply to obey Him? Yes, Lord, I'll do it. Yes, Lord. Let's stand to our feet. If God has spoken in your heart, the altar's open tonight. Some have come. Would you come? Whatever that area is, whatever you need to go back to doing, would you do it? Would you simply say, Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm obeying you. It doesn't make sense. I can't figure it out. I know God wants me to do this. A person you need to witness to prayer life you need to have a devotion to god that's not there what needs to change in your life so you'll go forward for god
2: Father, we, we thank you for the opportunity and and the privilege to come to your house uh, today, Lord, and and give you thanks and praise for each and everything that you do in, in our lives, Lord. Uh, we ask you to uh, just be with us uh, this week as we uh, start our work week, Lord, and and we uh, go do all the all the things that uh, we're tasked to do this week, Lord. That that uh, you give us the gumption to. To uh, have the opportunity to reach out and present the gospel message of salvation to those that need to hear it lord Uh, Be able to uh, tell them about uh, This church and 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 the ability to come here and and listen to the to the to the word lord and And be able to uh, come up with a a relationship uh, with you lord as their personal lord and savior lord We ask you to just um, be with uh, all of us uh, tonight uh, bring us back to our respective homes and then Uh, Bring us back on on Wednesday. Uh, We ask you all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.